0: Uh, you know, in this series called Rise, I don't know if you guys have been feeling the percolation of wanting to rise, but some of you have. Um, Matt just came up to me and said, hey, I heard that we're about to make a big move with our sound system, uh, finally, after the years of patience that Ron, Don, and Matt have had. And, and so we just thank God that there is a way to rise in the midst of difficulty. Uh, I think about when I first, um, met Scott and realized that the way his life was going was not the same way my life was going. You know, he took all kinds of bodily risks. Like one time he fought over me on a basketball court against a guy from another team and he hit the cylinder, or what is it called? Cement wall. He was trying so hard to get that ball back in that he hit the cement wall. <laughs> and I am sure he'd hit a cement wall for me today, too. Amen? You guys know he would. And uh and I, I I say that we need to stay forever young. You know, the scripture, when it says to return to your first love, it's about staying forever young. It's about remaining in that place in your face. Sometimes you gotta rise up to do that, though, because you've gotten cynical you've gotten judgmental you've gotten ugly with people you've you've pushed your own agenda and you haven't been a listener but you you know you've made your own decisions i've never done that but i know people that have right and so it's it's a great word rise it gives me hope it gives me hope i want to rise friends i want to keep rising I remember um when Scott and I were on vacation one time and our teenage sons wanted me to go parasailing. And um I didn't take risks in my body like Scott. Uh I you know I liked to sing, I liked to talk to people. That was, you know, I did like social risking, but I never did any physical stuff, but I had two teenage sons that I wanted to impress. So I decided to go up in the parasail with them, but I also have motion sickness. So Has anybody ever had motion sickness? Yeah, and if you're prone to it, you're going to get it when you're parasailing. Okay, and so when the banana boat guy picked me up and we went out on the water, he basically said, now, if you feel nauseous, just look at the horizon. Focus on the horizon. And I said, okay, you know, and he said, yeah, and next time you come, if you're going to parasail, you should eat bananas. And I said, why? He said, because they taste the same way coming out as they do going in. So this guy gave me all kinds of great advice, right? Like when you're going to go on a roller coaster, maybe eat bananas first. That might be better. But what I know is that this metaphor of focusing on the horizon can keep you when you feel sick to your stomach. There's a lot that could make us sick right now in the world. There's a whole lot of things that would put us in a position where we just might feel heart sick or or just stomach sick, or, you know, what is going on in the world? Why are we unable to love one another well in times when it actually should be that the church is rising, right? That we're actually getting a different perspective and we're able to take a look at the horizon. Job said it this way, God laid out the horizon on the surface of the waters, at the boundary between light and darkness, and I love this language here because what it tells me is there's a boundary between light and darkness, that there actually is a way that God is saying, okay, sometimes you're going to see the light and you're going to see the darkness. The only way you're going to make it is to focus on the horizon and remember who made it. Center yourself. You know, when you're getting nauseous and you want to respond by vomiting on someone, right? Verbally. There is a way to center yourself, right? There's a system in the brain called the reticular activation system. And if you focus on the horizon, you have this little reticular activation system that will actually help you see what you need to see. Have you ever bought a car and then all of a sudden you see that car on the road, everybody's driving it, or you learned a new word and then all of a sudden it's popping up everywhere, right that's your reticular activation system that says if you focus on something you can bring energy to that and change the way things are going and oh my god do we need that right now because we could get activated we can react we can we can be so highly activated in our nervous system that we're acting out uh, in our in violence in in judgment in all the ways that we see and don't want to be a part of energy will follow your focus it's in your brain if you actually will focus on what God gives you to focus on through the good news of Jesus Christ there will be a way that you won't vomit on people can everybody just say hallelujah and we want to choose our focus well we want to choose our focus well Dr. King said it this way it doesn't really matter to me Right now, because I've been to the mountaintop. I've seen the promised land. And I may not get there with you, but I want you to know tonight that we as a people will get to the promised land. Can everybody just say promised land? Right? There is a promised land. And the truth is, is that all of the steps on the way there are important. And Dr. King was basically saying, I've got a view, people. I have a view. I've got a place with a view. Don't you want a place with a view? I I don't want this kind of view. I want this view. I want to be able to have a view that I'm rising and I'm meeting the day. Amen? Just before, um, or just after Dr. King said this, he was assassinated. And prior to this, he wrote this letter from the Birmingham jail. I don't know if you guys have been paying attention to the letter from the Birmingham jail But anybody at Crossroads knows that I read it every year on uh, Dr. Martin Luther King Day because my dad gave me his original copy. And here's an interesting um, paragraph. Far from being disturbed by the presence of the church, the power structure of the average community is consoled by the church's often vocal sanction of things as they are. But the judgment of God is upon the church as never before. It's today's, if today's church does not recapture the sacrificial spirit of the early church, it will lose its authenticity, forfeit the loyalty of millions, and be dismissed as an irrelevant social club with no meaning for the 20th century. Every day I meet young people who are disappointed, who, who's di- whose disappointment with the church has turned into outright disgust. May it not be so with us, my friends. If we actually have a way to center ourselves and see the good news as our horizon right, like the good news of Jesus, the way Jesus walked and talked, the way that Jesus spoke, the way Jesus reached out, then we would actually say, no, it's not time for the church to be a social club, and we're not crafting sermons just so you can feel better about yourself afterward. We're actually crafting messages of good news that reach us, you know, send us to the distant horizon. And then there are close horizons, right? Uh, David White says it this way. He says, start close up. Take the first step, not the second or the third. Start close up. Like, we can't get there if we don't take one step here. And what is your immediate horizon to be like Christ? What is our immediate horizon to rise? What is it that God's inviting us to do? I can't speak for you. I don't know. But I know that there is like an ultimate horizon that Luke says, that day of the Lord, for as the lightning flashes from horizon to horizon and lights up the sky, so the Son of Man will be in his day. And I think about that. I I don't know if you guys are scared of lightning, but we should have a good, healthy fear of it, right? There should be things in us that we would say, that is bigger than me. And I need God. Uh, has your house ever been hit by lightning? No, ours has. We weren't in town, thanks be to God. But the house got hit with lightning, and and plates blew off, and all of the all of our uh, all of our you know it, w- it was one of those days. I said, Oh, that must be what the Scripture talks about—the prince and the power of the air, right? Like I know the devil hates me because I'm always going in the opposite direction of him as often as I can. I know the devil hates me because I don't stand for division. I don't stand for racism. I don't stand for judgment of other human beings. I'm not going to do it. I'm going to practice looking for Jesus' return. That's what I'm looking for in the horizon. You know, and and by the way, somebody asked Scott yesterday in the hardware store, what does your church teach about the rapture? Is it pre-trib, mid-trib, or post-trib? And Scott said no. We don't teach it because here's what we teach. Christ could be coming for you in like 10 seconds. So be looking always keep your eyes up, rise with this kind of, I'm looking for God. I want to look for God, right? The kids in their sermon today that they're seeing on orange, this is their scripture. You will keep me in perfect peace as my mind is stayed on you. Like I can't have peace without my mind state on God right now, friends. I don't know about you, but it is so higgity piggity, wonky, tonky, ipsy pipsy. You know, I mean, I don't. I, I sometimes feel like I have whiplash. You know, uh, somebody called it a corona coaster. You know, and um, and I, I was invited on a really conservative Republicans podcast um, uh, this week. And then I, and then I'm speaking at a very liberal conference. Um, and I'm going to be talking about Jesus and the father, the son, the Holy spirit. Sometimes I go like this, you know, because I'm with people I love and care about and that I know God wants them to know God. And so I'll go anywhere. I'm going anywhere. So when you see me on that podcast, don't assume that's what I believe. And when you see me at this conference next Saturday, don't assume that I believe what everybody else is saying. I, I want to say my mind, I want it to be stayed on God. I don't want Corona coasters. You know, can you guys play that? Corona Coaster. I, I really don't want to experience this. I have to be this or I have to be that. I have to agree with these people or I have to agree with these people. I have to please these people. I have to please these people. Because the truth is, I'm going to disappoint everybody. And if I haven't yet, just give me a minute. In fact, Scott and I were talking this week. We said it's really better to disappoint people early in the relationship So that they know what to expect. You know what I mean? Because good relationships are a continual forgiveness process. That's what they are. Any good marriage, any good friendship, any good church, it's a continual forgiveness process. You get to practice being like Jesus. Father, forgive them. They don't know what the heck they're doing. Heck was my word. I'm sorry. But I know Jesus is okay with that. Because sometimes I say, what is going on? what is going on? And then I say, oh, you will keep me in perfect peace as my mind is stayed on you. When I feel like I want to vomit, when I feel like, why did that person just send me that text? It, you know, I was feeling really good today, and now I feel like a worm. Right? Uh, has that ever happened to you? No, I'm, I, I'm sure it hasn't. So This is what happens, Corona Coaster. It isn't just during Corona. It's that if we are defined by others' perceptions of us, if we are defined by what we think we need to either say is light and darkness rather than looking for the boundary line, and say, is there a third way? Hmm, there might be a third way. There were two elder, uh, black brothers in, uh, in the civil rights community that died this week, like within 24 hours of each other, I think. And I, I wanted to say, you know, I really want to post this, but then all my, all of my, um, really conservative friends are going to say, she's whacked and she's really liberal, right? And then when I put up my scriptures and say things like, you know, uh, Jesus commands you to go, Right. We're going to get people like, oh, she's she's religious and so stuck and fixed in her Phariseeism. You can't please everyone. So you got to please Jesus. Thank you. And, you know, I, I want to say, my friends, it is important for us to be thinking about the Lord right now. And how he saved us. And how he's raised us. And by the way, don't say saved when you sing this. Say saves. Because I need to be currently saved from several situations. I need to be currently saved from my own judgment of myself. When the evil one would want me to back away and say, you know what? It's just too hard. I'm never going to be enough for them or enough for them. So, la-da-da-da. We desperately need to remember that he saves us presently because you've helped people, you've hurt people. You've brought people to Christ. You've probably put people off from wanting to come to Christ. We have all fallen short of the imago Dei, the image of God. Every one of us. Isn't that good? We're in the same club. And then nobody has to put anybody up on a pedestal to say, if you can't be that, then I can't be with you. Because he saves me, he raises me, he fills me with the Holy Ghost. And so there's this part of when I think about the Lord and I go ahead and I get, I say, okay, I'm going to take care of my nausea right now and I'm going to start thinking about the Lord. I'm going to let my mind be stayed on God so that I don't see you as my enemy. You know what I mean? You guys, there's only one enemy know, and, and so the, the, the gift of God here is that we can think, and we can be raised, and we can be saved, and we can, because when I think about my Lord, how he saves me, how he raises me, he fills me with the Holy Ghost, and he heals me every day to the about our Lord, how He picks us up and turns us around, and He places our feet on solid ground. Go ahead, Jeff, come on.
1: When I think about the Lord,
0: He keeps saving you. How He
1: saves?
0: He keeps raising bless you. We want to say thank you for shouting in your living room. Play it over and over again all week. Let your mind be stayed on God. Let this be our horizon, that we look for Christ, the coming of Christ presently, the coming of Christ on that last day. Amen.
1: I think all this love me, me? It's not for me oh, no, no, think of his goodness when I think of his goodness uh-huh. and how he yeah. sent me free when I think of his goodness
0: You again play that over and over all week and know that we didn't practice it, so it really isn't about us performing, it's about us. What is it about? Come on, go ahead, go ahead. It's about what? Feeling the spirit, yeah, yeah, yeah. What else is it about? So, that song, being you present. being present, yeah. yeah. And that song that you chose, that you and Shane worshipped with through your days and dark nights, and right? It's about that. Amen. It's about remembering, you know, God met you nice. over and over and over again. Not done yet, right? Yeah. So what it's about for me, honestly, is it really is about connection to God and connection to people. Like I can, I can sing all by myself. And, um, but I hope people are singing in their living room. Um, <clears throat> cause this connection is, it's a healing connection. It's a, it's a, it's a faith, um, bolstering. That we are not, um, we are not backing down. Amen. You know, we are rising up. This is this is time. If ever the church needed to rise, oh, and right. I, don't you think it's interesting that Dr. King taught? He, I mean, that was in the letter to the Birmingham Jail. It's like, oh, that's right now too. I actually meant to say that in the sermon, but people have to figure it out. It's like, oh my gosh, that was fifty-six years ago that he wrote that. And it is right now. It's like God is saying to the church, rise up. It's time to rise up and be that light in a dark place. Be that light. And I, you know, um, with um, the last elder statesman, uh, which, yeah, that just died Friday, he, um, you know, he was part of the Freedom Riders, And um, you know, how do you rise up nonviolently when people are spitting in your face and beating you with rubber hoses if you don't have vision for something bigger that like and and we think about that, um I don't know if you know that, but President Obama basically said that he he um his life in public service was because of him, you know. Because he made a way for him, and I think about um, I think about the the people in my life that have made a way for me. And you guys get your own people in your head right now, people that have made a way for you, and you just want to hold them right here and say, "So how do I rise like that?" You know, um, you know the people you respect the most in your life are the people that kept rising, and kept saying, "This is what it's about." You know, it is about, it is about you living your divine purpose. It's about you living, uh, you living according to your, uh, your uh, sealed orders from God, that you have a spiritual DNA, that you will not be satisfied unless you're living that out. And don't stop living that out. People think retirement backing out. will help them. It is not going to help. We got to stay in the fray. We got to stay in the messy conversations. We got to stay in the places where we're finding, you know, God has set our boundary lines in pleasant places. Anyway, you can go home, but I'm glad to see you. And, uh, Oh, are we really? Okay, hey, everybody, I thought I was just talking to the band, but I am happy to see you too. And maybe you all needed to hear that. You know, maybe, maybe. So may it be as God intended. And uh, and may, may Christ be exalted in your life. May the presence of Christ empower you to be the person God made for this hour in history that you would rise to the occasion and be God's person in this moment. Don't back down. Amen. Have a great week.